Good morning, Grace. Well, here's my vision. A world where we function from true kindness. Can you mm. see what I see? I can see what you, well, I don't know about what you see, but I can definitely see a world with true kindness. Tell me, well, what do you know about true kindness? Well, it's an expression that I've never really been aware of, but I've often wondered, kindness always a virtue? Yeah, absolutely. And what do you think? Is it? <laughs> well, well, I'm not sure that it is because, I mean, Google tells us that kindness means the quality of being friendly, generous and considerate. Mm. And when I was growing up, there was no real language around um, whether kindness may sometimes not be that kind. Absolutely. So I wanted to talk to you today about um, what true kindness really is. But can we first recap on last week's uh, episode sure. on trauma? And can you tell me something about, I love that analogy. We've had a lot of feedback from people yeah. about your analogy about the flower and the petals absolutely. and disassociation. Yeah, absolutely. So um, really what we were saying last week is what if we're all on the trauma spectrum? <laughs> and um, I love the analogy. Um, I'm, I'm in the middle of writing a book and this just came to me and we've had beautiful feedback, as Vic says. So if you imagine yourself as a flower and when you're in the centre of the flower, that's when you're being you. When you're not being what other people want you to be or what you should be or what society or maybe parents have indoctrinated you to be. But also sometimes you've got petals that are disassociated petals. They're petals that um, have happened due to you know, stress, whether it's a, a one-off stressful thing that's made you, you know, not really trusting of other people, for example, or maybe hypervigilant. Um, you know, we talked about all of that sort of stuff. So for me, it's super important for you to just be aware. Are you functioning from one of your petals? And um, rather than being in the centre of the flower and actually choosing for you and choosing to create your life rather than being hijacked by, a, let's say, a disenfranchised part um, that really just wants to keep you locked away and safe and controllable. Uh, yeah, I love that. And it's something that was, a few people have said to me just this morning, actually, about um, I love that uh, example. So uh, I think at the last, at the end of last uh, episode two, we suggested that people might like to notice their triggers about what yeah. makes them feel good. Because we forget, of course, that we do have triggers that make us feel good, but often it's what causes us to default to a way of being that seems natural because we've done it for so long. But you know it really doesn't make you feel good. Um, but we can't see anything greater than that. So that's one thing we ask uh, people to absolutely. do. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, when you're functioning from your petals versus being in the centre of the flower and aware of everything, um, that's what it can look like. It can look like you're confused and... Um, you know, off kilter. So absolutely, you know, um, it's so important to realise that mm. you, you have good, good triggers too. You know, there's things that make you feel joyful and, um, you know, stacking those. Um, we tend to be in survival brain where we're only looking at the triggers, looking out for what can go wrong, you know. When, and even when something wonderful happens, we're like, yeah, well, let's just wait because the shoe, you know, the shoe's going to drop. And if you're having those sort of thoughts, chances are you've been hijacked and you're on a pedal. <laughs> Ah, that's interesting. How many times does that happen? Huh? We think, oh, this can't last. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I just wonder, a lot of the time we get triggered when we don't feel safe. And especially with Absolutely. what's going on in our world at the moment, it's been turned upside down mm. around, the, around the world, actually, literally. 
um, from what we thought was normal. Um, but people can hear more about that safety, security and support from if they want to listen to our last episode. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other, probably uh, something that always that resonates with me is when you referred to stacking. I love that. So it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It can be a combination of things. It has that cumulative effect over time. And I really like, yeah. you know, we often, how often do we hear about someone cracking after what seems like such a minor thing? Um, but then we call it, oh, the straw that broke the camel's back. Absolutely. You know, stacking is a beautiful way to um, keep you in the centre of the flower. And with, especially with um, post-traumatic stress, for example, you need validation, A, of what you're feeling. Um, that's the best thing you can do. If someone's having a, an episode, if they're, if they're freaking out, the best thing you can do is acknowledge what they're feeling. And that's going to allow them to feel that safe security and support. And then you can actually ask them a question that will let them come to back to their centre of the flower. Um, so, yeah, it's so important to recognise that. Mm, that's, it brings up the issue for me around um, do we think members of our work team or in our circle of friendships feel safe to be who they truly are? I know it's taken me a lifetime to learn this, but I know now I'm not responsible for anyone else. But I also am aware that if you know we are being someone that helps others to feel safe, then we can do, we have got control over that. Like we don't join in gossip or when we actually ask someone how they are, then we really listen without judgment for their response. You know, the kindest thing that you can do is listen versus telling. Or, you know, um, for me, kindness is that energy of what can they receive? What can you receive? Re yeah, what can they receive? You know, because a, a lot receive. of yeah, receive. You know, because a lot of times um, we think we know best for someone else, or we can see a possibility that maybe they can't see because they're in a trauma brain. You know, I'm sure we've done that. Have you had that experience where you've kind of uh -huh. given too much? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Tell me, tell me, share. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. Well, many times actually, with coming from large families and friendship circles and things, yes. Yeah, you, you think, how, don't you? You think you're doing the yeah. right thing and you think that's mm -hmm. being kind. You know, when someone can't see a way out, you think, oh, well, I can. I can see a way out. Let me let me tell you. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, what if that's not a kindness? Oh, wow. You know, that's so, that's, that's been the story of my life, I think. But, um, but tell me, you, I've heard you use the expression true kindness. Um, can, can you yeah. say some more about that? Well, for me, true kindness is being willing to ask a question and being an allowance of what that answer is, whether you like it or not. And so, you know, for example, if you're in an abusive relationship, let's say they're an alcoholic, and you ask the question of yourself, hey, you know, truth, are they actually going to stop this behavior? And if your awareness is no, well, then true kindness is actually receiving that, not making it wrong, being an allowance of that and actually looking at what you can generate and create now um, as far as, you know, um, moving out of that relationship. But what we tend to do is we get the awareness, no, they're not going to give up, but then because we believe in possibilities and because we, you know, want the best for everyone and because, that you know, they're so nice in so many other ways and, or because I said it was a great relationship or because I married them or because I committed, like we, we end up fighting for the rightness of our point of view versus what's actually true and um, what's going to generate and create. 
And so in that instance, when you've already got the awareness that they're not going to stop smoking or drinking or whatever it is, the kindest thing you can do for everybody is to leave. Um, but that's, that's, we tend to do more utopian ideals. <laughs> you know, I had, a, I had a situation where um, someone contacted me on Facebook and she was just beside herself. Um, it had been 10 years. Uh, she was overseas and her, her brother had um, come to Australia and not flown back. And um, they had information that he was alive. He had said to them that he was fine and just don't contact him. But they were trying to be kind. And in their world, kind was get him back home. There must be something wrong. This is unusual behaviour. And um, so she asked me for facilitation. And, um, and I said, well, the first question is, does your brother want to be found? And there was just this dead silence on the other end. And then this laughter. And she just said, I never thought to ask that question. And she said, okay, he doesn't want to be found. Oh, my gosh, we've wasted all this money and 10 years and trips to Australia and, you know, thinking that was the kind, right thing to do, right? Mm. Yeah. Wow, that's a big one. It is. And then you've got to look at the mum, you know, you know what's kind and what, is she, what can she receive? But um, I've got another story about a, a shovel situation. But is there something else you wanted to add to that first? Well, just as you were talking about that and what true kindness is, it made me think about um, I used to overdo this all the time until one day a good friend said to me, do you realise how many times you asked that person if they were all right and you could help them? And I guess I was on one of my pedals thinking it's my job to help people without yeah. first asking if they would like my help. Yeah, and, and another question too, because sometimes people ask for help, but they don't actually mean it. <laughs> so that's another ah. thing. You need, to, you need to ask the question, Do they really? are they really ready for this help or are they just saying that? Um, so, right. and, and that's where, you know, don't go into la-la land, go into what's true. Um, but that actually leads in beautifully to my, I call it my shovel story. Um, I, I was on, on the phone with a client and um, I just heard this really strange sound and, um, oh, actually, no, I'm jumping ahead. So I, I um, had a person come in to fix something in the home and, um, and I explained to him I was, gonna, I was with a client and he could just come in and, and fix the thing and leave and that's okay. But he ended up standing in front of me and, um, and so I put my, my client on pause and I said, um, can I help? And he says, I'm so sorry, but I've bogged myself. Um, in other words, my tyres have, have gone into the ground in your property. And I can't get out and um, the company is saying it's going to take about three hours before they can come here and, and get me out. And, um, and I, said, I said, that's okay. So I finished with my client and I went out to him and I said to him, you know, how can I contribute? And the reality was I knew the next door neighbour had a, a vehicle that could easily pull them out. Um, there were other choices. And he turned around and he said, um, oh, actually, I, I kind of overheard you as I was passing through talking about this and this and, I'd, you know, I'm going through a lot. Could you maybe give me some facilitation? And I said, sure. And instead of it taking three hours for the people to come and pull him out, um, it ended up being about 20 minutes and, and we went through this lovely facilitation that he was obviously open to because I asked the question and, um, and off he went really, really happy. Now, unbeknownst to me, he was such a sweetheart, he covered up the divots in the ground and um, so I'm back inside and I'm getting kids uh, food for my kids and I hear this really weird sound. And I, I open the door and the delivery driver's now come and he's bogged himself in the same spot. And, and I said to him the exact same thing. I said, oh, how can I contribute? Knowing that I could be anything for him. That, you know, the, the, as you said so beautifully the other day, you know, there's, the, there's a library. There's a whole library of infinite possibilities. And I was saying, well, you know, how, how can I help? 
And, um, and he said to me, uh, just get me a shovel. And in that moment, I just went, but I can just call the next door neighbour and you could be out in like two seconds. Like this is what's going on in my head. And I had just learned about this kind of bastardised kindness thing. And, and I was like, no, 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 Grace, what's actually required here? What's going to generate and create? And so I asked myself, what would it create if I gave him a shovel and I just perceived the energy and it was really light? And then I went, what would it create if I let him know that I could get the next door neighbours and he could be out in like 10 minutes? And it was heavy. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't. Oh. And that's what I meant by kindness sometimes doesn't show up how you want it to show up. Because <laughs> mm. I wanted to. I was invested in the, the quicker option, the faster option, the more possibilities option, yeah. you know. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and this is where, oh, you know, yeah. you've got to look at being superior. That's a superior point of view. I have a better choice than yours, right? Oh. I know better than you. And it's not. There's, there's something greater going on if you go to the energetics of it. Because um, energy yeah. is the first language, right? So I said to oh. him, I said, sure, there's a, there's a shovel in the garage. Anyway, an hour later, there was this really, really strong knock on the door and I opened it up and his face was alive. It was, his smile was so big, it's like it just consumed his whole face. And he said, I did it. And I, and I said, that's fantastic. He goes, yeah, I didn't think I'd be able to do it and so quick. You know, oh, I did it. And off he went. And of course, I got in that moment, ha. Huh. You know, it was superior of me to think that the better option, the kinder option, was to get him onto his day sooner, you know? Ah. And, and so this is where it is a different way of looking at things, but if you're willing to look at what is energetically possible versus your projections, expectations, you know, of what is the right way to be or the, the right thing to do. So, yeah, that's my shovel mm. story. <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. And when you talk about the energetic, um, that's really about when you're feeling you're in the centre of the flower, isn't it? That's that's where you can perceive the energy um, that's really clear for us. Like I call it yeah. a gut feel. You know then it feels light or not so light to to do certain things. So, but you, Grace, you just mentioned the words bastardised kindness. Well, what do you mean by that? Exactly that. It's like when you are offering kindness because it's the right thing to do or you should or, um, you know, uh, you see a possibility so you want them to. It's when you've got a secret agenda or you're trying to control or you've got an ulterior motive. Um, you know, these are all – how many times have you heard, I'm only saying this because I love you. I'm only telling you this because, you know, you're heading down the wrong path. And there's nothing wrong with when you are aware someone can receive some information and and you know that it's going to contribute and you ask a question. Questions are kind. Telling is not so kind. You know, um, I've got a lot of uh, experience now just with understanding narcissistic and psychopathic and, you know, personalities that are dangerous, let's say. And one of the telltales is if someone's telling you rather than asking you, and if or if someone's telling you rather than showing you, because kind people tend to just show you who they be. They tend to just be there for you when you need them. They listen with no judgment. They're not there to, you know, push you over the line or get you somewhere. They're there to just be with you, celebrate you. And if you need someone to hold you and say, I've got your back, they're going, I've got your back. You know, and mm. you know, it reminds me of um, I had a girlfriend many, many years ago um, call me and say, Well, guess what? I've got six weeks to live. And I went, what? <laughs> and um, she had just been to the doctors and they said she had a rare blood disease and it was affecting her brain and she'd you know, get your house in order and you've got about six weeks. 
And I said to her, I said, okay, what can I be for you? And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, if you want me to yell with you, I'll yell. If you want me to laugh with you, I'll laugh. If you want to have, you know, a cry, I'll be there while you cry. I want to be there for you no matter what you show up as. And she just burst into tears. And she said, oh, my God, I've told a few people um, about this and they've just come in with, I'll drink this and take that and do this and do that. And, And she said, I know that they were trying to be kind, but that's not what I wanted. What I wanted was just to be received. And she said, thank you. Thank you for just receiving that I'm scared, that I don't know what to do, that, you know, and she's still alive mm. to this day. This was decades ago. So, um, mm. yeah, that's to me that's what true kindness is, being willing to just be a soft landing space for people. And if you are aware of a possibility for them, then the first thing you do is in your inside voice, ask, oh, if I share this with them, will it generate and create? You know, if I share this, um, would they be able to receive this? And also be aware if they're able to receive something, be aware of how you deliver it. Because, you know, we tend to deliver how we want to hear things, but it's super important. Kindness is actually being aware of how they need to hear it. And that might be different to how mm. you would normally say it. So it's, yeah, it's mm. a whole different world. Bastardized kindness always has a wonk. You know, if someone says to you, for example, like gaslighting is, is typical of bastardized kindness. If I said to you, oh, hey, Vic, that dress looks really lovely. You know, if you lose a few more kilos, you'll look even better in it. You know, it kind of goes, Whoa. huh? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're being kind. It sounds like you're giving me a compliment, but there's this kind of twistedness. Um, that, that's gaslighting. It's making you question your reality like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I, I thought I looked really good in this dress. That's why I put it on and I was feeling really great. And now that you've said that, maybe I should use a, lose a few more kilos before I put it on again. Maybe your, uh, your interpretation of reality is greater than mine. You know, that's, that's yeah. what gaslighting is. It takes you out of um, your own reality into their reality and making mm. their reality, their awareness, stronger and better than yours. Wow, that's really interesting. You know, you talked about saying, uh, I'm only telling you this because I love you. I remember saying that sort of stuff to my kids too and poor things uh, they've, they've survived in spite of me I think but I used to think it was my job as a parent but now I I try to ask is it is this just a my point of view rather than something so thanks for giving me a few little tips there as well I like what you said about the gaslighting we talk about that a lot in relation to a DV situation but really it happens everywhere yeah, it does. It really does. And so you, you need to become aware of these energies or these type of personalities. And the best thing is if, if you just get to, un, you know, get to be aware of what it feels like when you're in the centre of your flower. And when you're in the centre of your flower, even if you're dealing with something really horrific, there is still a calm to it. There's still an awareness because you're open to all possibilities. But if you have jumped into survival brain because you've been triggered and you're functioning from a flower – that's when, you know, you lose your ability to be open to possibilities and gaslighters love that. You know, gaslighters, actually all perpetrators, um, whether it's in the workforce or, in, you know, um, in personal lives, they pick the vulnerable. They pick the people who um, are, they believe in possibilities, they're kind, they see a greater world and that's what keeps them hanging on, you know, but you've got to be aware and you've got to be willing to ask questions. Questions is your greatest gift awareness and questions um, be willing to you know take a moment get into the center of your flower and ask a question 
Mm. That that really resonates, doesn't it? Because you often hear you know, people give examples of when you're feeling strong, you don't get picked on. But if you're feeling at all vulnerable, you obviously have an energy or a vibration about you that makes it look like you're fair game to whoever wants you know, is, is out on their petal at that time and looking for someone else to... Yeah, you know, anyone who's done any kind of work with, um, crimin- you know, criminals or um, pedophiles, you know, rapists, etc., they will all tell you they have an absolute superpower ability to smell out those vulnerable. Um, I just had a conversation with a client where um, a lady had an experience where she met a new um, relationship of one of her parents. And, um, and this person, when um, he came around to the home, you know, gave her a hug, but the, the hand went kind of on her bum. And she was like, oh, that, that's weird, right? And mm. she, she said, I don't know what to do about that. And then she contacted her sister. And her sister said, um, that, oh, wow, he, he did the same thing to me. And he actually kind of tickled my daughter, my 10-year-old daughter. And my daughter said he's a bit creepy. Now, this is the sort of stuff that, a normal person doesn't realise they're being groomed because what happens with these people is that they, they test the waters and if mama's not going to sort of go, hey, you know, what are you doing? Then there's a good chance she can be groomed and there's a good chance that the daughter's not going to have the same, you know, um, reaction. So it's like a, a more fertile ground. So, yeah, we really – these gaslighters and, you know, stonewallers and um, – you know, there's all these different personalities, which I think we probably would get into in other podcasts. But um, it's yeah. so important to, I guess the best thing is when you're in your centre of the flower and something feels wonky, trust it. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, Dr. John Sarno um, wrote in his book about the divide, it was called The Divided Mind, but he was talking about how we are indoctrinated into playing roles and we don't even know it. Um but he says, you know, that with practice and over time, we can lose that indoctrination. So I think what you're talking about is awareness around all this too and how do we um, raise our children so that they function from the centre of their flower not from any petals that, uh, that they experience along the way. At least to recognise a petal when they see it. Yeah, recognise when you're on the petal and also recognise if someone's talking to you from it as well. You know, we've all had that thing of, geez, they're not who they seem or that's unusual behaviour from them. And But, um, yeah, ultimately, I, I mean, what, exactly what you said about the, um, doc, you know, the divided mind, it, we are addicted to our thinking. We've been indoctrinated and groomed by society. And, um, you know, and, and we've, we've had parents that are, um, for example, fauners that, you know, people pleasers, well then we're more likely when we're being touched inappropriately to go give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, maybe he was nervous because, um, you know, when you hug for the first time that can be an awkwardness, you know, so oh, maybe yeah. maybe that's what it is. And we like to kind of conclude rather than go, okay, what is this? Because there's something mm-hmm. there that's, tri- that's you know, triggering you. Um, so, yeah, I just think that awareness is your greatest gift being in the center of the flower is your greatest gift and when you're in when you're in the flower you are you are aware of your petals um you can receive information from them but you are not who they actually are as in like you're you're able to function in as a orchestra rather than one instrument 
um, because that's the thing when, with survival brain when you're being hijacked and you're on one pedal and let's say it's a, you know, it's a disenfranchised part that's five years old. Well, what can a five-year-old do um, when, you know, someone's attacking them? Or what can a five-year-old do when they're trying to sign a contract or, you know, speak to someone about something that's very vulnerable? So it's so important to come back to your centre and then go, okay, from this centre, what can I choose? What's going to generate and create? Even if, as you said, you know, so beautifully, it might be something that um, won't create, uh, sorry, won't won't feel good, but it's going to create greater. Like I didn't want to give him the shovel, mm-hmm. but I knew it would create greater. And the other <laughs> thing too, honey, you know, when, when you said, oh, I've been, I, I'm guilty of that. We all have. We have all been there and done that. And so it's super important when you acknowledge oh gosh, you know, I could have done better. All I can say to people that are listening in that are feeling that way, you couldn't have because you didn't know better. It's when you, when you hear it, when you hear it, you get it when you get it, you know, and so be kind to yourself. That's part of being kindness to yourself mm. to know that mm. you, you can't be anything different until you are, until that's available to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I know the centre of the flower is like that's our smart brain compared to our survival brain. And I guess one of the things I have learned is, and as you say, you get it when you get it because you you really can't, it's like a car, you have to go through the gears one at a time, don't you, to get there. Oh, say that again. Well, I, I think to me it's like it's difficult to go from first to fourth like you do in a car. And, you and it's unkind, you, right? It's unkind. Yeah, I guess because we haven't got what we probably needed to get through gears two and three. Um, and it's also not a kindness to the engine. If you if you jumped, it's not kind to the vehicle. No, you know, it's, it's, it's like true. pulling a baby out. Oh, you're in labour, let's just pull it out. Oh, you, you know, exactly. How traumatic would that be? And I'm not, not talking about cesarean to save a life of baby. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about yeah. like a normal delivery, pulling it out in that way. You know, that's not kind. You've got to allow the body to get ready to, to birth that. Wow. Yeah, I love that. Is there anything else that you'd like to say around that, um, Grace? What can we do? What can we do about it? Do you think um, that helps us in every day? Well, I mean, for me, it's about really being present with where you are on the flower. <laughs> That's going to mm-hmm. help you, and also, you know, start to get educated on these different energies because a lot of times, just having the awareness. Oh, they're stonewalling. Oh, they're gaslighting. Oh, they've got a secret agenda oh, they're trying to control and manipulate me. Half of it is being willing to um, have that knowledge. Like for me, I thought everyone was honest. (laughs) I thought everyone was honest. I thought everyone was kind. Uh, I thought everyone lived in a non-judgmental world. And it was just this huge, it was a crushing moment for me. I remember when, when someone treated me in a way that I thought they were lovely and then another thing showed up. And, and I was like, oh my gosh. And, and it actually made me shrink. And not want to trust anyone again because it was just such a shock to my system. And But what I've realised, because this was a long time ago, when you have a resistance or reaction to abuse, and most of us do, what we tend to do is push it out. Don't want to know about it. No, no one's going to treat me that way again. That's it. But when you do that, what you're actually doing is turning down your capacity to receive the information that someone can be abusive. So if you're one of those people, I only want to see the good in life and I only want to see you know, choose positive people and choose positive experiences, that's great, but you also need to be aware and receive the information that someone can be 
um, you know, abusive. So if someone walks to you as a new relationship or a new client or, you know, whatever it is, you need to receive the totality of them, the good, the bad and the ugly. And But if you're in la-la land just wanting to see the good in people, then all you're going to see is the good and then you're going to get hijacked. You're going to get shocked. You're going to get abused because you, you weren't willing to see that it was there in the first place. So that's what I'm all about. It's from awareness, being willing to see, oh, that's a shark. You know, that's a snake. That's a dolphin. Um, you know, oh, this person's kind, but I can see that they've got personality traits that I probably shouldn't sign a contract with them. You know, it's not like to sign the contract, for example. Mm, gosh, it's so, so true. It's not just in personal relationships, is it? It's, it comes into our professional lives as well. So what do you think for next week? What can we do for ourselves that... Um, that might help increase our awareness around these this language as well? Well, two things. One is you can go on to, for example, Facebook Marketplace and you know how you can see the ads like selling a mattress, never slept on it. <laughs> and you kind of go, huh? there's just this kind of wonk. Then you can know, ask the question, is it actually true that they've never slept on it? Oh, no, they're lying. Okay, cool. And has it been slept on a lot? Like, is it just because it's slept on, it might still work for you, right? But being willing to look at these ads or, you know, read something from someone or when they're speaking, be aware of the energies. And is there a dip? Is there a wonk? Is there a, like a, you know, like I've got a German Shepherd dog who does these beautiful head tilts. It's like that. It's like if you kind of go, huh? And your head kind of goes to the side, chances are there's some energies there that you need to pay attention to. Um, so that's something that I yeah, I recommend for next week, or uh, well, this week, I mm-hmm. should say, um, just mm-hmm. pay attention to those weird feelings and um, and be aware of are you in the centre of the flower or not when you perceive them because sometimes you can be hijacked and um, you can have it like a paranoid part or a you know, hypervigilant part saying, don't trust anybody you know, because you got hurt last time. So that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying come from the centre of your flower and ask, is there a wonky energy um, there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you said there were two things. Is that um, the, the, thank you. The other thing is that a lot of times when you're suffering from trauma, you'll get a post-traumatic body response. So that usually is a flower petal. So let's say um, you know you went in the forest, you stepped on a tr- uh, on a twig, you got bitten by a snake. And so that part, that petal might go, don't go into a forest anymore. Don't go anywhere near a snake. And, and sticks are really bad because they lead to terrible things. And, and of course, it's functioning from that one experience, that traumatic experience. So when you get asked out to, you know, go camping in a forest, let's say, um, that petal's going to probably hijack if it's, if it's true post-traumatic um, stress. And it will give you a body response of what, what it felt in real time, when you know all the fear, the pain of the bite, the um, hospital, all the anxiety, the stress, um, it's going to give you all of that. And if you are not willing to ask the question, hey, is this a petal or is this the center of the flower? You could easily say no to that camping. Whereas what's actually going to maybe going to generate create is for you to go. So the first thing is to say, hang on, is this a post traumatic body response? And if you get a lightness with that, that it's yes, then you could just say thank you. You know, thanks for thanks for sharing, Petal. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, now I'm going to ask, what is it going to create? Hey, if I say yes to these people, what will it create? And it still might be no, uh, something you say no to. It still might be heavy and feel like, no, I don't want to do that. But at least you're doing, you're choosing from that center of the flower. You're not choosing from being an energy that's either you know disassociated or um, there to kind of protect you for something that happened way, way, way long ago. That's not even relevant in this situation. Mm, I love that. 
You sometimes talk about the superhero stance. What do you mean by that? (laughs) So, yeah, that's something that, you know, is out there in the world and it's a beautiful way to release cortisol and it also helps you with testosterone as in risk-taking, being able to get out there again because a lot of times when you are suffering trauma, you don't want, you, you know, you sort of create your world very controllable. I'll only let people in that I know I can trust. And um, and that's not a world where you're able to be celebrated and, and contribute, right? But it's something that we tend to choose when we're traumatized. So the superhero stance is basically standing up with your, your feet apart, hip, hip sort of distance apart, and you put your hands on your on your hips and you imagine being a superhero and you keep your head up yeah, and you're I looking like around. It. Yeah, and it's actually been proven to you know, give you all those delicious chemicals um, and also, as I said, to release the cortisol. So if you're going in, you know, for a, a meeting or something or you're feeling a bit down, just do that for, you know, 30 seconds or a minute, um, more if you can, and you'll notice the difference because it just takes seven seconds for your body's chemistry to start to uh, release whatever hormone it is. And that's including the stress hormones as well. It just takes seven seconds of a negative thought for your body to inject itself with a harmful um, chemical. And equally, if you think of, actually, you know what, that's just triggered. I read in a book somewhere and, I, and it's so true. And maybe we can leave, we can leave the, the listeners with this one. Um, if you say the word kindness and just keep repeating it, kindness, 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 kindness. And you'll probably start to notice you're feeling a bit warm bit sort of like hmm and so usually around that seven to you know 15 second mark you'll notice that that your body's feeling softer more relaxed and that releases serotonin just saying the word kindness and you know the crazy thing about kindness if you see someone being kind you'll get the same chemical hit if you hear hear of it oh vic you know the other day i heard of this you will also so you didn't even have to see it your body will respond yeah so let's start injecting ourselves with, with, you know, positive thoughts that give us these beautiful, um, natural, healing, um, restorative um, hormones beautiful. and chemicals. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely, Grace. Well, we look forward to hearing what our listeners can see that we can't see that will create greater in our world. See you next week. See you next week and thanks for joining us. It's a, a real pleasure to hear from you and do let us know if there's anything that you would like us to talk about. It doesn't matter what topic. Um, let's see what um, people can see about it and let's see what you know, Vic and I can see about it too. Have a beautiful week. Bye-bye.